You are listening to The Book Judge, a podcast about books that you should read if you're interested in business. I'm your host, Conrad Chua. This is your curated reading list that will give you a better grip on how to approach the complex issues that businesses face. Today's episode is the book Everybody Writes by Anne Handley. Handley's premise is that everybody is a writer. And I would add that everyone is a reader, so if you're a better writer, you'll become so much more persuasive as a leader. You should read this book because it will transform your professional career by making you a better communicator. I've always felt that writing is an essential skill that somehow we don't bother to keep training after we complete formal schooling. Sure, we write every day, but unless you're a professional author with an editor, you don't have someone reviewing your written communication, giving you feedback, and tracking your improvements. Employers value good communication skills, and yet we assume that formal schooling is enough to teach us everything there is to learn about writing. It's as if a top athlete never bothers to get coached after graduating from college and just turns up at competitions. I had my own rude awakening about my poor writing in college. Stanford required many of us to enroll in a freshman writing class. I had been trained in Singapore to present balanced arguments and only have the conclusion to those arguments at the end. I was taught that's why they call it a conclusion. All this was thrown out the window that first quarter of freshman year. I had to rewire my brain to put the conclusion in the first sentence because I have to assume people don't have the time to read all the way to the end. And I also learned about the importance of that first sentence in every paragraph. My transformation was not a complete success and I find myself slipping into my bad habits now and then. No exaggeration. But every time I did poorly in a class or did not get a project proposal accepted, it was because I had produced a poor piece of written work. Handley is not interested in making you the next James Joyce, but she does introduce a lot of professional writing techniques to help you as a business communicator. I like the idea of the ugly first draft. It's a recognition that no one can produce the best work on the first attempt. But if you keep your ideas in a notebook or in your head and never get down to writing that ugly first draft, you're not going to get anywhere. Handley points out that the ugly first draft is not a pass to produce substandard work but it is a necessary part of the process to produce a good piece of work. And in one of the many memorable one-liners that she sears into your mind, Hanley reminds us to think before ink. So, jot down your key ideas in whatever form and don't worry about having fully formed sentences, grammar or punctuation. Just let it rip. She also suggests putting in little reminders if you get stuck, such as, I need a better example here. After you've dumped all your thoughts on paper or in your Word document, you're supposed to just walk away. Put some time and distance between yourself and the ugly first draft before you return for the rewrite. 
you'll find this writing timeline great if you're writing a long text, such as a blog post, a project proposal, or a letter to shareholders. I've tried it myself and it's really helped me. I tend to get stuck at the think before ink stage. I work best when I say my ideas aloud to myself. Yes, I do get stares on the street when I do this, but hey, that's how I roll. It helps my brain structure the ideas when I talk it out. But I've always found it difficult to put those verbal thoughts into the written word until I embraced the ugly first draft. This writing timeline will also help you budget your time in producing good work. None of us in business have the luxury of unlimited time to produce a written document. So we need to plan for the ugly first draft, have time to walk away, and definitely set aside time for the rewrites. This is episode 5 of The Book Judge, and I've now developed that rhythm of spending a week reading a book and another week writing and recording. With some practice, you'll be able to do the same, whether that be for a written assignment, a complete project proposal, or a blog post. Handley suggests setting a target to write a certain word count every day. This is what professional writers do, but we in the business world can do something similar. We don't know it, but between emails, tweets, Facebook posts, and writing papers for meetings, you probably write more than you think. And if you set yourself a target of producing good quality word count every day using Handley's principles, you'll inevitably get better. You can choose whether to have those words in the form of writing business papers, presentations, or even tweets. Now, if only President Trump would follow that advice. Another great piece of advice is to have empathy for the reader. Handley quotes Jonathan Coleman of Facebook, who says that, and I quote, good writing requires us to understand and have empathy for our audience, their situation, their needs, and goals. The best content experiences are pitched perfectly in the sweet spot, the nexus of all those human factors. End of quote. Adopting that advice, chances are you'll declare war on almost every corporate website out there. Most of them have some gobbledygook about the company being leading-edge, world-class, responsible, and transformative. What they don't have is a customer-centric approach that solves their customers' problems and needs and not just talk about themselves. I confess that in my own organization, the Cambridge Judge Business School, we're guilty of this. I'm recording this in mid-September 2020. And the top of our homepage at this point has a carousel of articles that obviously we want you to read. Below that is a section that says, find the right program. And below that is a ton of articles about COVID-19. Nowhere on the homepage do we talk about the customer who could be a student, a prospective applicant, an alum, a company, or a member of staff. So, yes, I've got work to do.
This is the part of the podcast where I place the spotlight on one part of the book that you can use immediately in your business or in an interview or just to impress your business school friends. I call this the Did You Know section. As a listener to this podcast, you will have used LinkedIn at the minimum to set up a profile and keep in touch with professional contacts. Maybe you used it to find a new job or you're writing articles there to boost your profile. But when was the last time you visited and reviewed your LinkedIn profile? If you go onto your LinkedIn profile and you see the words such as successful, experienced, leader, strategic, motivated, and creative, then you're missing a trick. You're no different from literally millions of others on LinkedIn. LinkedIn helpfully lists out the most commonly used words in profiles. And these are just some of the examples from the top 10 list. If you want to stand out from the masses, you will need a better profile. Hanley interviewed a career expert in LinkedIn, Nicole Williams, who suggests that you use active language, citing tangible outcomes. So, avoid saying, I was responsible for blah, 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 and say, I increased sales by 30% in two years. She also suggests mirroring the language of the companies you want to work for. So, follow the companies you're interested in, learn about their business plans and goals, and pick up on the words and language that they use. Adapt those words to your profile. I would stretch that advice to CVs or resumes. You need to review your CV regularly, and you can use these techniques to improve your chances with recruiters. I read hundreds of applications to the Cambridge MBA every year and my mind just blanks out at CVs that don't have specific outcomes, just some fluff about a person's responsibilities. These are not CVs, but a list of job descriptions. Handley is a big fan of LinkedIn and she encourages people to always be helping when on that platform. That means producing useful content for your audience. You could share interesting articles or write your own posts. This last point is becoming more important as LinkedIn has moved beyond being a jobs portal to being a place where people make connections and learn things. If you provide useful content, you will naturally become the go-to person in your network. Opportunities will present themselves. So invest the time on LinkedIn it will be worth it. Handley has lots of practical advice delivered in bite-sized chapters. If you're a busy executive, you'll love this book because you can dip in and out and focus on the areas you need most help. Now, you might be tempted to skip the section on writing rules, grammar and usage. Don't do that. I read hundreds of applications and essays a year where people confuse who with whom, insure with ensure. And that's just two examples. There are also those unwieldy sentences that confuse me as a reader. These are all basic rules that even an eight-year-old can pick up. I know because I made my eight-year-old daughter read this section to improve her writing. 
So, if you're making mistakes that an eight-year-old can learn to avoid, don't be surprised if you're not getting success with your business proposal or job application. And before you think you don't need to improve your grammar because you're a native English speaker who went to universities where English was the main medium of instruction, I found that it is precisely native speakers who make the most mistakes. For every book I introduce, I have this segment called The Author Question. One question that I could ask the author. Anne Handley has a chapter called Avoid Writing by Committee. It's a very short chapter, all of two paragraphs and three bullet points. I did say she has bite-sized chapters. The first bullet point is get the sign-off on the bones of the outline and then start writing. Number two, set clear expectations on the number of rounds of approval. And number three is seek approval, not an opinion. My question to Anne Handley is, I can see this working if you're producing a blog post, but what advice do you have for the poor person who has to get opinions from different departments and pull them together into a coherent written proposal? I confess, most of my career in the civil service was spent on work like this, and I dreaded every minute writing such terrible papers. I'll tweet this question to Anne Handley, and I'll let you know when she replies. That's all for this episode of The Book Judge. You can subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, leave a rating. It helps others discover the show. If you have comments, you can tweet me at Conrad Chua 16 Chua is spelled C-H-U-A, or DM me on Instagram. I'm Chua K-H there. That's C-H-U-A-K-H. Till next time, this is your book judge, Conrad Chua.